Before we get to Will Lutz from the New Orleans Saints, he's not just a professional place kicker. He might as well be a professional golf traveler because this guy's played golf everywhere. He's played some of the best golf courses. Uh, we're going to chat it up with Will Lutz after this quick message from Pinned Golf. It's the Brian Golf Show presented by Pinned Golf. And I just am here to tell you about the Ace Rangefinder and how you can get the technology of a three, four, five hundred $500 rangefinder that includes slope and includes pin-locked vibration tech, no batteries. You don't got to ever replace a battery. You're just going to charge it once every like 50 rounds or something like that with a USB charger. The Ace Rangefinder at, I don't know, half the price of all the others. You can even save more. We're talking like 170 ballpark when you use the promo code Brian Golf Brian with a Y. Out the door, shipped to you with the Ace Rangefinder at pinnedgolf.com. And now, Will Lutz. I'm glad to finally get you on the horn, man. I mean, it's, we've, we've known each other for a couple years. We, uh, we met a couple years ago. We went out to concession, and you basically kicked a football as far as some people hit golf balls. Yeah, if I can remember, that was one of the only parts I got was with a football. You know, <laughs> you were telling me, like, dude, this is – I can't believe I'm playing this nine so well. And then we got to number nine, and it all fell apart. Yeah, I remember – I was using stock clubs that I bought off Amazon. <laughs> um, they were M2s. And I, I think I told you I was like a 15 handicap at the time, and I was one over through eight. And I was honestly like, what the hell's going on? And then I think I went like plus six on number nine alone. And then it just, I went into coach mode and lost it all. You know what, though? We did we did the uh, the video. Short Par 4 has that video somewhere. I don't know where now. Maybe you got to go deep on their Instagram of you actually kicking on one of the Short Par 4s at concession. I think it was number 12, but you actually made par by kicking a football, and you, you even kicked it as a putt, and it was one of the most impressive yeah. things I've ever seen. That was a lot of fun. That was a fun day. It really was. It's You know what? It's really good to uh, go on the golf course with no expectations, but to just go out there, hit the ball, and kind of uh, see whatever happens. Because that day, we didn't know if we were playing golf or were we filming video, and what, we had no idea what we were doing, right? So it was just kind of like you'd yeah. scroll up to a hole, and then you'd, you'd you know, hit the ball, and then go do your next thing, and you didn't know what it was. But uh, obviously, you know, you've played a ton of golf since then, so I could set this up as we're talking to Will Lutz, place kicker for the New Orleans Saints, or I could also set this up as, I, I should say, professional golf traveler because you do play some really amazing golf courses. You've had some amazing golf experiences, and that's kind of why I wanted to throw you on the pod and chat just a little bit about that and uh, how, what the golf life is like for one of the top kickers and players in the NFL. Yeah, well, I got to say the best part about it is not many other jobs do you get four months off during really good weather. So... You know, for four months of the year, I'm playing golf every day. For the other eight, I guess, I'm kicking a football every day. I'm pretty, pretty happy about that lifestyle right now. Hopefully that lasts a while. <laughs> so in July, where are you in the process of football? Where is, you know, what, what's your workload like right now? And uh, what's, what's your corresponding golf schedule? Yeah, so right now we're about two and a half weeks out from training camp. We start on the 27th. So unfortunately this week, it's probably the week that the golf clubs go in the attic. But, you know, look, during this whole time, you know, I'm golfing any day the sun's out. But, I, you know, I try to get my kicking in. You know, I'll go kick in the morning and golf in the afternoon or vice versa. But 
know, at the end of the day, I understand as much as I love golf, I got to be able to kick football to the upright. So, um, you know, once, once May hits, I'm kicking twice a week. And uh, I kind of ride that into training camp just so I don't get out of kicking shape per se. You know, you don't want to go into training camp. You know, we kick three days a week during training camp. So if you go in there and you haven't been kicking consistently, you know, you're a little more sore during the week and you're not able to perform like you want to. So um, I kick pretty regularly around June, July, and I golf pretty regularly too, but that's about to stop. Yeah. So in New Orleans, where are you playing the most golf? Like, do you have a home course? Is it a country club? Do you play a public track all the time? What's the story there? So I play TPC Louisiana a lot, which is where they host the Zurich, um, you know, the team event they do every year, which is an awesome event. Uh, but when I'm not playing TPC, I usually just try to mooch off a few of my country club buddies. <laughs> I, as much as I want to join a country club, it's like, you know, for five to six months a year, I don't really, I only get to play golf once a week. So it's, it's not worth it. But um, yeah, I mean, TPC Louisiana is where, you know, pros play. And so it's a beautiful track. We've got a couple city courses here. I'll jump on if TPC's booked, but that's my go-to. That's the big one that obviously most people are going to know, I think, in the area. You could name some of the country clubs in that area, and I don't know if anybody would even recognize them unless they were kind of from that area. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's such it's not really a, a golf destination. It's more of a drinking and eating town. <laughs> yeah. And so... I don't even know most of the people who live in New Orleans know that there's very many country clubs, so you wouldn't be the only one. Right. So, well, and you mentioned the Zurich. Do you do a lot with that? You know, because I, I feel like I always see Coach Payton out there. Obviously, you know, some some of the players always kind of in and out of the Zurich. I don't know if Breeze was ever out and a part of that, but do they have you guys a part of the festivities that week? Yeah, I'm one of the few guys who live in New Orleans full time. Uh, I met my wife here. So we just kind of decided to lay roots here. But one of the perks that comes with that is I'm, you know, the Zurich is here in our off season. So I'm here and not okay. many other guys are. So I'm very fortunate that they invite me to play in the, I get to play in both pro-ams. And then I am the 2021 Zurich Celebrity Shootout reigning champion. Oh. So kind of a big deal. So what does that entail? Like what's that tournament like? So it actually started in 2018. It's only a six-hole shootout, and the way they do it, it's it's a cool event. Each hole is set up a different format, just like the tournament is set up. So one hole is, you know, four ball. One hole is best ball, you know, all that. It's, they set it up. Every hole is different, so it's really cool. And in 2018, Coach Payton beat me. And then 2019, it got canceled. And so this year... I was smart and I teamed up with Coach Payton <laughs> rather than letting him, because, you know, you got to let him win. Yeah. So, you know, this year I teamed up with him. And in 2018, I was actually on Chris Berman's team, which was really cool. Like Chris uh, Berman, Chris Berman. Like the back, 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 back. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. In honor of the home run derby tonight. Um, yeah, I was on his team. And incredible guy, terrible golfer, but a lot of fun to play golf with. That's amazing. I didn't pay any attention to that. I guess that's one of the things that kind of flies under the radar if you're not from the area or if you don't follow like the Zurich on Instagram specifically, you know, because like when you follow all the PJ Tour events, they all add up. 
and they really only post like two weeks out of the year, and that's the week before the tournament and the week during. But it sounds like, yep. you know, you're saying this isn't a destination, you know, as far as golf goes, but it sounds like if you're ever going to come to New Orleans and you're a golfer that maybe teaming up with the week of the Zurich sounds like a lot of fun. I didn't know they did the celebrity shootout like that. Yeah, the Zurich, they put on a really good show. I mean, their their idea is they're trying to make it as close to the uh, waste management tournament as possible just because, you know, that tournament's a party. Yep. And New Orleans is known for partying. So they're really kind of trying to turn it into more of a social event because of the excitement of a team golf tournament that there's, you know, I think that's the only one. And so um, they're really trying to make it a cool event for everyone. And we have a blast. Normally, you know, Saturday, Sunday, we go out and we we're right in the thick of it, drinking with the New Orleans. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, on that note, as far as, you know, the, the, team aspect it is one of the coolest parts i mean i play in a couple events every year that you know there's a teammate or like a we do our own little Ryder cup style event in the fall um so unfortunately you'll never get to play in that because it is in the heat of your season so i would it's not that i wouldn't invite you into the event it's that i know the answer is no because you're you're busy taking care of your day job uh which is a pretty cool day job but um it's really unique to play golf in a individual sport, right? But then to team up all of a sudden, and now you, you got a partner, you got a team to kind of depend on, um, which brings me to what you do as the kicker. Obviously, we all know it has got to be one of the most stressful, if not the most stressful moments and position in football. Um, but how is that? Because you're out there on an island by yourself. So it's kind mm-hmm. of an individual game within a team sport. Yeah, no, absolutely an individual game because – you know, as much as I care about our team, obviously, but my goal is to selfishly do the best I can every game, you know, because it's not like what I do. I'm not throwing a pass to a receiver, you know, it's, it's me and that's it. And so if I do my job, ultimately that helps the team win. So, you know, at the end of the day, if we lose a game and I go four for four or whatever, to me, it's, it, it's, it's weird because while I'm pretty happy, you know, I did the best I could do, unfortunately lost. So it's kind of a weird perspective. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I rely on my snapper, my holder, and then my ability. You know, there's no one else like that on the field. So um, I'll say that I signed up for it, and I love the pressure. I think it's um, – I don't think there's anything like it. But at the same time, there's only as much pressure as, you know, you put on yourself. So I really, I try to really stay relaxed and, you know, I'm very happy and fortunate to be where I'm at in my life. So I only put so much pressure on myself because it could be a lot worse. Well, I don't know how you do it because I get nervous on Madden. I, I you know, was talking to you a little bit about uh, my son just picked up Madden like 2020 and we just started playing. And I'm sitting there trying to line up a field goal from like 43 out and the controller's shaking. Every time I move the arrow, it's like shaking and vibrating. And then, you know, the, I play on rookie mode, so it goes in every time. But I, I, I'm just saying like it's nerve wracking like that. So I couldn't imagine kicking a ball, doing what you do in front of the crowd that you do under the circumstances you do. I think my, my fondest memory or favorite memory watching you, because unfortunately... 
I'm in Jacksonville. We don't get to see all the games. Like, I'm a big Colts fan. I'm from Indianapolis. I hardly get to watch the Colts unless I go to a bar or they're playing the Jags or they're on national TV. For, for mm-hmm. you, it's the same. Watching you, I only get to watch the Saints whenever you guys are in the limelight. Now, um, luckily, being on the NF- in the NFC versus the AFC, you know, it's not like if the Jaguars are on, you know, the, your games will still be on one way or another. But I just remember, I think it was maybe two years ago, you signed, you just got done signing your new contract. And then, and then I think it was season opener. I don't remember who it was against. Maybe Atlanta. I don't remember if it was Atlanta or not. And you kicked a game winner. And I don't know if it was Thursday night football or Monday night football, but you'd be able to yeah. tell me more about that moment. Um, but I just, I couldn't imagine what that felt like. That was 2019. Monday Night Football against the Texans, the home opener. Okay, Texans. Well, see, I was rooting hardcore for you then because you're taking on the Texans. Yeah, so who, yeah, that's your division. Yeah. Right? No, no. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, got, yeah. Texans got to lose. But anyway. That, that was by far – I've had some big moments in my career as far as, like, meaningful kicks. But that game was the craziest game I've ever been a part of. I remember I missed a 55-yarder going into halftime. And I was so down because I smoked it. I couldn't believe I missed it. And missing a kick in the first game is miserable because the rest of the season's an uphill climb. It's not cool. So I remember our punter, Thomas Moore, Thomas Moore said, he looked at me in the locker room and was like, dude, you're going to win this game. You need to chill out. And so we go in, and with, with a minute and 15 seconds left, we kick a 48-yarder that I thought was the game winner. So I was like on my high horse. I thought <laughs> game over, we won. Well, then Deshaun Watson throws two absolute bombs and scores with 26 seconds left in the game or something like that. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, great. We just lost by two and I missed the field goal. So you go from high to low three times in one game. Well, the next thing you know, Drew Brees does what Drew Brees does, slices and dices all the way down to the 40-yard line. And sure enough, it was like an absolute blur. It was like a 58-yarder. And honestly, it was – the by far the craziest moment of my life. I didn't have a voice. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. And that's just it. Yeah, it was a bomb. Like, it was a deep kick. And I'm going to toot my own horn here. That thing was good by about 10 more yards. I smoked it. It's amazing. So what is that? Is that just, did everything line up? Because I think golfers know the feeling, right? And you know this feeling. You can relate it to a golfer. Everything just lined up perfectly on that kick, and you just pured the absolute best drive ever. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. Walk, it, it was all it all happened so quick. And I'll t- to your last question, I get more nervous watching kickers than I do actually kicking because it all happened so fast. Yep. And I remember walking out on the field and being like, okay, I'm not going to miss this. So this game's over. And there was just so much adrenaline that I peered it right down the middle. And it was, you know, it's like one of those times when you hit a drive where you hit it so good that you hardly feel it leave the club head. Absolutely. And so that's why I would compare it to a golf swing. Just mushes. Have you ever done a golf celebration? <laughs> no, I, I let the punters do that. <laughs> it's, we, uh, it's amazing. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid I do a golf celebration and then I miss the next kick. That'll be on Sports Center. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that would be very relatable to golf. You know, one hole you're amazing. Next hole you're terrible. One day you're amazing. The next day you look like you forgot how to play. 
Bingo. Very, very relatable. So you mentioned Drew Brees. Obviously, uh, we are we are sans Drew Brees for the rest of the way with the uh, New Orleans Saints. So, uh, what's the vibe like in the uh, in the locker room? And you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. Is Jameis Winston the quarterback? Taysom Hill? Like, I don't know the story there. You might not even know that story. That might not even relate to you right now. But what's the vibe losing a guy like Drew Brees? Yeah, you know, it's weird. I was very fortunate to get to play five years with him. Now, it was the back half of his career, so I didn't get to to get to know him as much as a lot of guys did. But um, there is no replacing a Drew Brees, not only on the field, but as far as, like, his leadership and everything as well. He's just he's just an incredible human being. But, you know, I, I don't have an answer to who's going to be at any position next year. But I know that um, Taysom and Jameis are both – incredible leaders so that's a good start um and we have some other we're a very we're a very veteran team so we have a you know we got a couple we got a linebacker tomorrow davis who who kind of fills that void and, and he's an incredible leader too but tell you what uh Taysom and james can both sling it and i'll tell you Taysom's a scratch golfer so I'm happy to have him on a team because I get to play golf with him. How is he a scratch golfer? I mean, you know, because he's extremely talented in all facets. He's, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife on the field. But, like, when it comes to golf, like, how's he got time for golf? Is he just a straight-up athlete? Man, he's good at everything, and it's so frustrating. I don't say I, – I, you know, you don't try to give out too many compliments in the NFL because you got to stay level-headed. But I've never seen the guy be bad at anything. Now, granted, he tells me he doesn't do anything he's bad at, so I guess I just haven't – seen it but he can hit a golf ball a country mile like to the point that it it's just like you're so wide-eyed every time you play he's got like 120 mile per hour 121 mile per hour swing speed (laughs) which is completely insane um but the guy's just good at everything and obviously when you watch him play football you can see why he's a freak right right that's crazy so how many guys are is there like a rotation of golfers on the saints Unfortunately, there's not many golfers in our team because we're, like I said, we're a veteran team. So a lot of people have kids. Mm. And so this time of year, you know, we're gone so much that it's very hard to convince a guy to go out and golf when they've got three kids sitting at home and their wife's been alone for a full week. <laughs> in Jacksonville, we have a bad example of that because I'm pretty sure Josh Scobie might have been the best golfer in the NFL, like history, maybe I don't know. I maybe he maybe a, not, but he's there. I believe he was a plus handicap when he retired from football. Dude, he's still a stu- like he's still a stud. He's one of the best golfers in town. He's obviously one of the most well-known golfers in town because for the Jaguars here, which you know, hey, support him for the fact that they're home team. But obviously, I don't care if they ever win a single game. Being you know a Colts fan, but. You got to respect, like, Josh Scobie's everybody's favorite player, period. Other than Tim Tebow, and he's only, uh, uh, you know, gone through, like, pre-training camp with uh, the Jags. And he's, like, everybody's favorite player. But that's, that's a different monster. Uh, but people know him for his golf just as much in town as they do his football. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah, Josh Scobie, uh, he has not been in the NFL since I've been in the NFL. But he, he used to do an event in Louisiana for specialists only. It was golf, so snappers, punters, and kickers only. It was a golf tournament. And he led it. And when he retired, he didn't feel right to keep it going, which I didn't really understand. I wish he would have kept it going. It was up in Ruston, Louisiana, uh, a place called Squire Creek. And 
we've pushed them a couple times over the last year to, to fire that back up because we got some good specialist uh, golfers in the league, and that'd be a fun event. But um, yeah, he—I he, uh, know he's won it every year though. So <laughs> you know, it's only so much fun winning your own tournament. Yeah, right. I don't know. He's got Louisiana ties, though. I think he went to, like, Louis Tech or something like that. Yeah, Louisiana Tech, which is Ruston, which is where that event was held. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So you would think he would still do it, just based on that. Yeah, and he's respected around the league. It's not like, he, you know, he was he was cut for performance. He was you know, pretty much retired. So it's kind of like, hey, you need to keep this thing going. We right. like to golf around here. <laughs> right, right. Do something for the specialist, man. I know. We don't get enough. We don't have enough fun in the offseason. Yeah, well, uh, you hear a lot of stories about, obviously, like kickers, punters, you know, specialists, in a sense. They're the best golfers. Then you got quarterbacks. They're up there sometimes. And then uh, it's kind of like in the MLB, all the pitchers are the best golfers. It's kind of funny, though. Every now and then you run into a random, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kyle Williams, uh, a D tackle for the Bills. Yes. You know, they, they do this. ACC, the American Century Championship Tournament that just got finished out in Tahoe with all the celebrities. And this guy is like 6'5", 340 of pure muscle. And he's always top five. And so I say he's a little bit of an outlier. But every now and then you find a guy who's not, you know, your specialist or your quarterback. And I I would say he's probably the best non-expected position golfer out there. You said earlier that I think when we met, you were about a 15 handicap. Has that improved a little bit since then? Are you in a good space with golf? Yes. Thank, thankfully, that has improved. I play, Like I said, I play just about every day of the sun's out. So um, I've taken a lot of lessons over the last few years. I've gotten to play a lot of really beautiful courses. And so I got down to a six. I'm back up to like a seven, five right now. So I'm pretty happy with that. You know, I'll, I'll break. I'll get into the seventies every every second or third round, and that's kind of I'm happy with that. As long as I'm playing football, I'm all right being a seven handicap. Right, I think that's a good balance, right? You know, man, <laughs> very successful Pro Bowl place kicker in the NFL, and then single digit handicapper. I mean, like that's a thing that if that caught wind, the announcers would talk about that. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, "He? did you know he's a single-digit handicapper? Thinking it is simply the greatest feat in the world. Yeah, they need to talk about it a little more so I can get into that ACC event I was just talking about. Oh, see, I wonder how, I mean, there's some players in there that are too good, right? Like, there's some double-digit handicappers in that tournament. So what do we got to uh, do? Charles Barkley plays in it. You know, like he played in it at his worst, too. Yeah, exactly. But they also put him in it so he could be bad. Yeah, that's a good point. He's just an entertainer. <laughs> he's so he's so good. Are you um? What are you thinking of all these matches? You know, with Brady, Manning, Rogers, Curry, all of that. Are you liking that? Uh, it's interesting. They've. I think they're kind of getting a little carried away with it. I think it was really cool at first, but I wasn't. I didn't think this last one was very good. Um. You know, Tom Brady is still winning Super Bowls, so he's not really too focused on his golf game right now, which you could obviously see that. Right. Uh, but, you know, they're fun. They're, but the problem is it's unlike a tournament where you can jump between golfers and never ha- kind of have the, the downtime between shots when you're, when you're only watching one match. It's just 
it's kind of a lull between shots and it's I kind of lost interest after a few holes, but uh, there's good, there's some good banter there. It's it's cool to watch. I think they were just this last time. Um, Phil obviously is Phil, and everybody's everybody, you know, in their their own right. Like they're all good at what they do, but it's almost like there needed to be Peyton Manning or somebody that could crack a joke, even if they're not meaning to make a joke, and it wasn't yeah. just Phil Mickelson talking doing all these blatant jokes and whatnot you know trying to be funny two nfl guys who kind of have that cool calm demeanor and don't really talk too much trash peyton manning that guy gets out there and he can spit some game um so yeah they were kind of missing that this this last one i'd like to see those things go recorded if they just pre-produced them and let it be what it is. Don't let the cat out of the bag, I guess. But I guess if they do any kind of betting and sports betting, things like that, you really can't do that because all it takes is somebody to leak the info and all of a sudden, you know, there it is. But it seems like it would be better if it was a little produced and you didn't have those long waits between each shot. Some of the interviews with celebrities go on and I know it's all for a good cause. So there's at least that. (laughs) We'll we'll say that much. Um, So you've played some amazing golf courses. I know we've talked recently about Whistling Straits. Um, I saw on IG you played Payne's Valley at Big Cedar Lodge. So let's let's spend a few minutes talking about those experiences, you know, just at different golf courses that you've played. Is there one or two that sit on the top of your fun list? Yeah, so, so my agent lives in Wisconsin, and so every year we do a golf trip up there. And so for the last four years, I've gotten to play Aaron Hills. And Aaron Hills is by far – my favorite track I've ever played. I think it's gettable for the average golfer. It's, you know, wide fairways. I understand it's tons of fescue, but at least with the fescue, you can find your ball. You know, it's like a lot of times when you're playing these heavily wooded courses, if, if you can't hit a driver, your ball's gone no matter what. Um, so I, I find Aaron Hills a lot of fun. This year, it was my fourth year playing it. So we actually played it from 7,800 yards, which oh, wow. was an absolute beast. Yeah. You know, I'm not even I'm, There's a couple holes. No, I couldn't even reach the fairway. It was so it's unbelievable. But that course is my favorite one by far. Whistling straight is awesome, but it's so stupid hard <laughs> that it's frustrating. Um, but I can tell you, anybody who enjoys the game of golf has to put Big Cedar Lodge on their calendar. It's one of the coolest properties I've ever seen. It's got not only does it have Payne's Valley, which there's no other course like Payne's Valley, um, it's got two other five-star 18-hole courses, so three 18-hole courses and two par three courses that are both like not a bad blade of grass, overlooking incredible, incredible views. It's got a few restaurants that are butcher-style restaurants. It's just a really cool sportsman paradise property. And so, if anyone is looking for a golf trip, I think Big Sierra Lodge is probably the coolest trip I've ever been on. We've been thinking about it um, because. Our neighbors here at the shop, they own a jewelry store and they own like a big cabin that sleeps 20 people right there. Like, I mean, at the, wherever the hill is that is Big Cedar Lodge, they live at the bottom of it, right? Or something along the way. They're like a 15 minute car ride, which out there is like being neighbors, next door neighbors, from my understanding. Um, They own like all this property out there. He like hunts out on his own, you know, hunting property and they were just saying like you you have to go and uh, they're they're actually going in September and 
it's like, man, I'm, I really think about just going and crashing on one of their 20 beds because it does look amazing. It does look amazing. Yep. I agree. You got to do it. Is it hard? Is Payne's Valley hard? Uh, Payne's Valley is another place that you don't really have to worry about trees too much. It's very wide open. But again, we played the Tiger Keys there just because you only get to play it once. So why not? So with that 7,600 yards, um, so very long. So, I mean, that's where it's hard. You know, you got 260 yard par threes, but it's ele- there's elevation. So that helps. Um, but you know, the last three holes, you drive through these like, like caves for the whole three holes. And it's, I don't care how hard it is, but you got to play it. Yeah. Play it from the top, view the whole thing. And, uh, you won't be disappointed. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing that the, when they made it look pretty amazing and I know their phone was probably ringing off the hook after the little Payne's Valley opening tournament that they did with Tiger and JT Rory. And it was really a cool tournament for sure. And to, to like see that you played it, I was like, Whoa, that's, that's one that I'm really wanting to ask you about. And I'm glad that you actually, you know, you loved it as much as you did. Cause it would have sucked if you were like, yeah, it's really just mad. Like it's average. No, it's, it's pretty sweet. And you can see every course from the top of the first hole, every hole from the top of the first hole tee box. So it's, it's really cool. No, I would have never have guessed that. I don't know if I've seen, that's really neat. It looked fake. The whole course looked fake. It does. I agree, but I, it's real. So what about um, any Florida courses other than uh, Lakewood National and Concession that you've played? Is, um, is Florida a spot that you come to often? Or was it just kind of like a, a one-time thing? No, so, well, I, I thought Concession was concession's probably the best course I've played in Florida. Um, but my wife and I were actually building, she's from Destin, Florida, in the panhandle there. Okay. Um, so we're building in Santa Rosa Beach. And there's two courses there that are my favorite to play, like, regularly, and that's Shark's Tooth and Camp Creek. I've heard of them. I've which, heard of Shark's Tooth. They're Greg Norman courses. They're they're kind of closer down to Panama City, but, you know, it's only a 20-minute drive from us. And those courses are really cool. They're kind of tucked away. They're kind of like nature preserves, I guess. You know, every other hole, there's deer running across. It's a wow. really cool, really peaceful golf outing. And you know how it is. With Florida, with the Florida climate, there's no no time of the year where the course isn't in good shape. So I personally love playing in Florida. There's, a, you know, there's from Destin to Panama City, there's so many courses that are within a 30-minute drive from the area we're building. So um, a lot of golf in Florida to be played. Yeah, I'm looking at this shark's tooth. This this place is like dreamy, man. And this is this a pub, yeah. is this a public track? No, it's not. But it's what do you call it? Where you know a lot of we got a lot of snowbirds there, right? So uh, because it's very you know half the year it's empty, they do allow okay. public play. They got to get their money, but it's now it's expensive. They, if you're not a member, they they uh, pick your wallet. But uh, <laughs> I, I have some family who's members there, so that that helps. But Camp Creek, I would probably recommend over Shark's Tooth, but they're both in my opinion, flawless courses. You know what I don't like about playing in Florida? And I've talked about this. Anyone that listens to this podcast, you know, is they've heard me say this, like Florida, people don't understand how hard it is here because most of these courses, 
you you missed the fairway by a foot, you might as well have missed it by a mile, or you might as well just reach in your pocket and get another ball. There's no like safe miss per se. Like you, you got to hit the fairway, or you're just you're not gonna have fun. You were talking about Aaron Hills, where it's like, hey, you know, you you miss a fairway there, you're in like the heather, you're in the the tall stuff or whatever. I'm a, I'm a guy that I just like a golf course where if I hit it and I miss it, as long as I can find it, I feel like I've always got a shot to stay in the hole. Yeah, I'll take a punch out over a drop. Yeah, and that's you just know. not Florida golf. No, no way. That's that's amazing. So golf is about done for you. You just um, I know you just got a new driver sent to you. Um, I, 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 did we pick the right one? Do you know? Have you hit it yet? Man, I was. The weather's been so bad in new orleans i haven't been able to hit it yet it's on my driver i'm just it's on my shaft and i'm just staring at it and <laughs> very frustrating because i only got about three more days to play consistently I'll, I'll still play once a week during the season but i'm uh itching to swing that thing so i, I appreciate the uh recommendation on that too, yeah. by the way it'll i mean look if you're if you as soon as you told me i'm missing a little bit to the right then i'm like all right well then this i hit this thing left off the map so this has got to be good for you <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, if I hit a ball left with that club, I might buy five more of them from you. <laughs> I've, got, I've got them. I've got plenty of them. I've got plenty of them. Um, so did you upgrade from the uh, the clubs that you bought off Amazon? Have we upgraded everything or just the driver? Yeah, thankfully, um, I guess about three years ago, or I guess two years ago, you had actually put me in touch with a company that I did my fitting with. Uh, that you used to work for. So I did get fitted. I got into some 790s. And funny story, so those are the 790s I thought were perfect for a golfer kind of trying to take the next level because they're very forgiving. Um, and I'm still playing those. But a friend of mine who was a fitter up here had a credit for TaylorMade. And so my clubs are in perfect shape, so I didn't need – any new clubs, but he didn't, he's a Callaway guy. So he didn't need to use credit. So he's fitted me for some tailor-made seven, uh, MBs. Mm. Four, mm-hmm. which yeah. I, I, I only did that because I didn't need a new set. So I didn't want to go buy just to buy. Yeah. So you know what? Like, why not? And for some reason I go buy these MBs, I get fitted for them and I'm peering them off the mat. Of course I am. And I played two rounds with him, and here I have some of the nicest clubs in the game sitting in my attic because I never want to hit him again. <laughs> it's, is it, it's is it hard. scary when you get out there? Is it just a little scary? Man, you, you can't. It's like swinging a butter knife. <laughs> they're so thin. It's. I mean, there's like pros who don't hit MB caliber blades. So I don't know why I'm. Well, I'm doing that. I think my favorite part of this is you have P790s, which you're right. They're like, they are awesome golf clubs for a lot of different people. When I mean like scratch golfers, mid handicaps, high handicaps, you know, uh, people that need accuracy, people that need forgiveness, people that need distance, like the P790s got it all right. But you skipped the 770, you skipped the MC and you went straight to the MB and I respect you for that. Yeah, well, I don't recommend it to anyone. I wish I hit the 770s and I was like, why am I not buying the 770s? But I was so hard headed that I wanted blades. 
Well, you got to have a good set of blades laying around for, you know, who knows? Somebody comes to town and they're a glutton for punishment and they need golf clubs. You just throw those in or you like catfish them and you go set up a big money game and you go, I even got golf clubs for you. Look, they're like brand new. And then you put those in their hands and all of a sudden, you know, they lose a few strokes on you because they're playing those versus your 790s. I don't know. Strategy. I can take that money and go buy 770s with it. That's a good idea. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, dude, we, I'm glad we got a little bit of golf club talk in there, considering most people listen to this because of the, uh, the golf club side of it. But uh, you know what? Hey, if you just do well this year, I'm sure you'll be able to continue to afford the game you love and you can get you a nice set of 770s, man. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Will Lutz, dude, thank you so much for hopping on the pod, talking some golf. And uh, I, we wish you luck, obviously, for the, uh, for the rest of the season. And, Hopefully, uh, you know, obviously we, we've always wanted to come kind of visit New Orleans. And now that we can travel a little bit more and hopefully COVID isn't such a thing, hopefully the timing works out and we'll be able to do that because it'd be cool to see you kick at a home game. Hey, doors always open. New Orleans is a, is a fun time. So I appreciate you having me on. This is a fun conversation.